Welcome to the new segment of the Unyielded, Thriving No Matter What podcast, Rise and Thrive. I'm your host, Bobby Kaler. I wanted to create a super short segment that would be fuel for you so that you can make the absolute most out of this week that you've been given. Let's dive in to today's episode. Welcome to Rise and Thrive, a segment of the Unyielded Podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Kaler. These short segments are meant to be fuel for you, for your week, and for your life. Now, last week, I, I talked about using the ideal self as a scientifically proven way to drive change. I know that the work with, on the ideal self can be thought-provoking, and it can take some time. And that's okay. Sometimes it helps to come at it from a few different angles. So today I'm going to dive into a little bit more about how uh, about that and then give you some activities that you can try for yourself. Probably not all of these will resonate for you, and that's okay. The key is to find at least one that does. Now before getting to the activities, just as a reminder, or for those of you who didn't catch last week's episode, and if you didn't, I really suggest that you go back and give that one a listen as it gives a lot more context, I want to quickly explain what the ideal self is and why it's important. At a super high level, the ideal self is a positive, aspirational view of who we want to be and become. It should not start with what we don't like about ourselves. It should be a positive statement. Part of my ideal self is that I'm a fit, strong, healthy athlete, and I care for my body, my nutrition, and my health so I can be at my best. Now, the other thing that is helpful when it comes to the ideal self is to think about all the areas of your life. So here are some of mine, just as examples. I'm a masterful coach and I show up for my clients with positive intention and I help them achieve positive change for themselves. I remind myself of that every time before every single coaching session. Uh, Here's another portion. I've, I've said that about being the athlete. Another one is I make a positive difference in the lives of others with my podcast. Another aspect of it is this. I provide deep and rich value for my clients through my courses so that they can achieve the life they've always desired. Another one is I'm a loving, caring, and thoughtful wife, and I'm present with my husband and hold him in unconditional positive regard. Another one, I'm a caring, attentive dog mom, and I shower my babies with the love that they deserve. Another aspect is this, I show up in my community and I add add positive energy to the group. And I'm an understanding, compassionate, and loving daughter, sister, and aunt. Now, you probably notice that these are all positive statements, and they are expressed as things that I do or ways that I, that I be. None of them say anything about trying to or hoping to. They are expressed as I am type of statements. Now, this gets a little bit to something that I'll dive into in, f- in future episodes, but are we interested in change, hoping for change, or are we committed? It's a small distinction, but it yields vastly different results. Quick example. I learned this from watching my parents when I was growing up. Both of my parents were smokers, pretty heavy smokers. Every summer in the summer, my mom would try to stop smoking. She would usually announce this during uh, dinner and she'd say to all of us, you know, I've decided to try to quit uh, smoking this summer. Her attempt usually lasted a week or two. And, and I say that without any kind of judgment whatsoever because quick, uh, quitting smoking is really hard to do. Now, several years later, the state raised the tobacco tax. And it shot the price of cigarettes up by quite a bit. And I don't remember what the exact jump in price was, but, but it irritated my dad. 
It bothered him so much that over dinner one night, he said, that's it. I've just had my last cigarette. I will never smoke again. That was back in 1979, and he's never smoked again. Not once. Not one cigarette. Not one puff. Even though my mother continued to smoke for another 25 years or so, my dad never did. He made and declared a commitment. When we make a commitment, we are banishing excuses. If we leave any wiggle room, excuses will creep in. That's why it's so important that we make a commitment. We aren't trying to, and we're not hoping to. We are. So ask yourself, are you committed to your ideal self and ideal life, or are you merely interested? And either answer is okay. Just know it'll bear different results. So if we're committed, then we want to begin with articulating our personal vision or our ideal self. And like I said in last week's episode, it has been proven over and over again since way back in 1969 when Richard Boyatzis first started studying change. You know, to be in, in, in what has been proven is the ideal self is the thing that ignites change. And again, if you missed last week's episode, go back and take a listen because I explained it in greater detail there. So with all that said, here are two exercises if you feel a bit stuck. The first one is something that you may have heard of. And, and when I first heard it, I thought, well, that's a bit morbid. But when I gave it a try, it brought a lot of cal- uh, clarity. So here goes. Imagine that decades from now, your family, your friends, your colleagues, your clients, and, and, and all of the people that you have touched in your life are gathering for your memorial. It is a t- true celebration of a life well-lived and a celebration of how you have made a difference for others. Every person there is giving a short speech uh, to share how you have made their life better. What will they say? What do you want them to say? Take some time to write down those two things. What will they say and what do you want them to say? When I did that, I came away with some really keen insights into what mattered most to me and that fed in to my ideal self. The other exercise is a, is a bit more of a planning and vision exercise, but it's very powerful. It's something that I learned in grad school when I was studying appreciative inquiry with David Cooperwriter, who is my professor. David is considered the father of appreciative inquiry, and it is a powerful way to affect change. So here is a simple yet super effective vision and planning activity. Imagine that it's 10 to 20 years in the future. You are being interviewed by a prestigious magazine for your achievements in X area. So to give an example, let's say that you're an entrepreneur or an aspiring one, and you're being interviewed by Entrepreneur Magazine because you have created a business that is not just successful, but it has a compelling mission and it is living out that mission. Answer the following questions from the standpoint of the future and as though you have already achieved this state. So for this particular example, what is the business? What is the mission of the business? Why is that mission important to you? How has it affected the lives of others? What did you do to achieve this success? How did you go about it? It's, you'll need to change the questions based on your scenario, obviously, but those should give you some examples. Here's what's really important. It's critical that you answer these questions from the standpoint of the future and from the vantage point of already having that success. What I mean by that is don't write, here's what we have to do. Instead, write, here's what we did. It's a simple shift, but it opens up more creativity because your brain is shutting, because the brain, if you write it from the, here's what we have to do, your brain starts shutting you down saying, oh my goodness, how are we ever going to do that? Um, so I hope that you'll give these two exercises a try. You can also choose the one that, you know, choose the one that resonates the most for you and st- simply start there. Whichever one you choose, 
make sure you ask yourself that pivotal question. Am I committed to change or am I just trying to change? Our brains work in funny ways. So if we're just trying to change, the next year at this time, we might still just be trying. And your potential is greater than that. So choose to commit. That wraps up this episode. Again, thank you so much for listening, for tuning in, for sharing this with your colleagues and your and, and your family and your friends. I cannot tell you how much I appreciate that. And if you are getting any value of it from it, make sure you hit that subscribe button or the follow button so that you never miss another episode. And remember, no matter what happens this week, make sure that you rise and thrive.